0: You're listening to the She is Fierce radio show. She is Fierce connects women to each other and their dreams. You'll meet incredible women who all have one thing in common. They took a leap. They've got passion. They're on a mission. They're doing exciting and rewarding things. And they want to help you take your big leap. And now your host, She is Fierce founder, Kelly Youngs. Welcome to the She Is Fierce show. I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She Is Fierce and Lyft, and I am so excited to introduce to you today a fierce entrepreneur. Elena Lipson is the founder of Mosaic Growth Partners, a consulting firm based in Washington, D.C. that helps organizations and entrepreneurs in the healthcare and baby boomer industries with business growth strategy consulting. She has more than 15 years of experience in healthcare consulting. She served federal and commercial clients. She's mentored emerging companies, and she is also the host of the awesome Boost podcast. So Elena, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on today.
1: Thank you so much, Kelly. I'm excited to be here, and thanks for the great introduction. Oh, my goodness. Well, you
0: know I am so excited because you are not only a guest on our show, but you are also creating some awesome Lift You bundles and some content for our She is Fierce members, and you have so much knowledge to kind of share with us today. So I want to start with, you know, how you got into entrepreneurship, how you made those life decisions. And I know you started your career in this large healthcare firm, Um, You worked in that for quite a while and you weren't really taking care of yourself, right? You've shared in the past, you weren't necessarily taking care of your own health. You weren't working out. You were drinking too much. You weren't getting enough sleep. And, you know, how did you take control of your health and your career?
1: Yeah, um, well, so I think it helps my back up a little bit and kind of explain how I got into that sort of self-care rut. So I spent a lot of my career in management consulting, about seven years of it with Deloitte Consulting. And You know, it was one of the best places I worked, but the environment there is super fast-paced, and it's almost like addictive that you just want to keep taking on more and doing Mm -hmm. more and getting that praise. And so, um, you know, when I was there, I was starting off pretty early in my career, and I was actually a lot more shy and reserved and less confident than I am now. And it was from working with one of my bosses, who I really admired, who was a woman who, um, you know, gave me some advice, and she was pretty much said, you know, when I ask you to do something don't say to me like, yeah, I'll try to do it, but I don't really know how I've never done this before. Just say, you know what, I'll do it. And then go in the background and figure it out yourself. And she kind of taught me then and there that some of the subtle differences in how you carry yourself and the things you say really impact how others see you, um, both in what you're confident in and also how confident you are in getting things done. And that and some other things that she had said to me really encouraged me to speak up more in my career. And previously I've been Pretty intimidated and felt like other people in the room knew more than me, and I just needed that encouragement um, to really to really feel confident enough to speak up and voice my thoughts. And at the same time, I knew I wanted to focus on healthcare, but there wasn't a lot of healthcare work in the practice that I was in at Deloitte, and people had you know discouraged me from going down that path or even suggesting that I leave the firm. Um, and instead, you know, one of the first kind of entrepreneurial things I did in my career was I started this special interest group. Within Deloitte for people interested in healthcare in my practice, and it grew to about 300 members. Um, and then I was just lucky that we happened to acquire another firm there that had a healthcare practice, and so I was really well positioned to play a large role there. And you know, I, I was lucky. I, I had been working in this area, and then we happened to I happened to be in the right place at the right time because we purchased this company, and you know, it really set kind of my career in motion to to move up quickly and to make the right connections. And as I moved up there, I noticed that there weren't that many other women around at that level. Um, and Rather than kind of being upset about it, I really tried to use that to my advantage um, to ask for things from leadership that a lot of other people weren't getting. So I was getting them to send me to conferences and to carve out special roles just for me. And I recognized the re- the importance of having strong relationships both with women and men in the company so that I could have influence across kind of both sort of dynamics, but also really feeding that back into junior staff and mentoring them too. Um, And so, you know, while taking on all these things, it didn't leave a lot of time for me to take care of myself. Um, Mm. and, And, you know, it took about two years there for me to really kind of pull the plug and admit to myself that, like, I wasn't happy there, that even though I was doing really well and I was on the partner track and the partners make so much money, you know, I was realizing that's actually not what's motivating me. That's not the kind of life I want. I need to have some balance. And um, and so I it was really hard. It was one of the hardest things I've done is to walk away from something that you're good at and you're successful in and just realize this is not the life for me. And so um, I decided to try something totally different. And I went to work for AARP, which is the largest consumer advocacy organization for the 50 plus. And I um, led business development for health and caregiving there, and the culture there is very different. It's not kind of that, like, assertive go-getter attitude. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more, like, 9 to 5, which is good and bad for me. Like, I am pretty assertive, so I had to flex to this other culture there. Um, But while at AARP, I had a very market-facing role, and so I was able to really build my network in the healthcare and aging space with a lot of companies that I didn't get to uh, work with and touch when I was at Deloitte. And so, after about two years at AARP, I just started to kind of feel unfulfilled and feeling like I just needed a little bit more. And I went to go look for some other jobs, and I just didn't see anything out there that that really I was passionate about. And um, so, I just started to think, you know, I've consulted for a long time. Now, I have this network from my time at AARP in the industry. Like, why don't I just try to set up my own shop? Um, and a lot of people that do this, you know, they, that's their ultimate goal. And for me... It really wasn't. Um, it was just sort of like something I, I sort of came to me one day, and I just figured, why not take the chance on myself and do it? Yeah. And um, well, the past two years, sorry. No, that's <laughs> okay, Alina. I just
0: wanted to ask, because I know I, something that you're touching on, I think is very interesting, which is, you know, that you're an entrepreneur, you've created a successful business, you're out there doing all kinds of cool stuff, and yet you never thought, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I know one of the things that I experience as an entrepreneur myself and in the network of She is Fierce, I meet so many people who want to be an entrepreneur because they think, probably wrongly, that it's very glamorous or, um, you know, that you you have this lifestyle where you have all this flexibility and everything is so um, exciting and fabulous. And you were not attracted to that. That wasn't really how you got into it, right? I think that's a very unusual story.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of got into it because I was burnt out working for other people in two very different mm-hmm. situations. Like I was kind of at both ends of the spectrum of like, you know, working in the nonprofit world and then also working, you know, in like this male dominated fast paced consulting world. And um, I was finding that neither of them were really quite what I was looking for. Um, and so I kind of worked for myself as an escape, really. Um, and then uncovered like a lot of the things that you mentioned that I love this freedom. I love the ability to um, do the kind of work that I wanted to do. And I think it's a really big change going working for somebody else to working for yourself. It's like a whole mindset mindset shift in a lot of ways, um, both in terms of like feeling like it's okay if you wake up one morning and you don't feel very focused. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you go do something else for those few hours and come back and work later and, and not having like that nine to five schedule or whatever your schedule yeah. is, but also the whole um, mindset work that you have to do like the self-care that you have to do because you're carrying the whole weight of the company on your shoulders and there's a lot of rejection that goes along with Mm, that. There's a lot of psychological pieces yeah. Yeah you really have to be kind to yourself and figure out how you can um, take some of those failures and things that don't go well and not let them like define who you are and really stop you from moving forward and those were things I never really had to think about working for somebody else.
0: Yeah well let's talk a little bit about failure because I You know, you, everyone can tell those listening, you have this very positive attitude. You're out there just making things happen. But the reality is that no matter how amazing anybody is, we all have to deal with failures. We all have to deal with rejection. How do you, you know, especially in the very beginning, how did you handle those moments where you're dealing with somebody and they just don't take you seriously or an opportunity falls through? And what advice do you have to those who are listening, you know, whether it's in their professional career or as an entrepreneur, on how to get past that failure?
1: Yeah, so um, I was fortunate that um, I had—I didn't have too many failures in the beginning. Oddly, they've come later on as I've been more adventurous and trying new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that served me throughout that time is to just let myself know that those are teaching moments and learning moments, and like I already had success on my own, and so I can always go back to those things I was doing before, and that the things that didn't work out didn't define me. I've actually learned a lot more from the things that didn't work out. Um, and, and so I try not to let them get me down. I mean, I do have moments where, you know, for a day or two, I'll be upset. And then I literally force myself to pull myself out of it and figure out, okay, now what am I going to do to get things back on track? And sometimes that means I have to like put a pin in the thing I was doing saying, I'm going to not look at this for a couple months because it's not working. I don't have fresh eyes to like really figure out how to make it work. Let's just not be emotional about this and, mm-hmm. and move on. Um, and I've had to do that. And, um, you know, a lot of it, I think, is just having confidence in yourself. Um, because if you don't, like, who else is going to really believe <laughs> what you're doing? Yeah. So um, a lot of that is just building that up over time. I certainly didn't start off with it in my career. It's something that I've built over time. And, you know, being a woman, um, and I work with a lot of men, I was very fortunate in my corporate career that I didn't really experience a lot of, like, gender discrimination or sexual harassment or mm-hmm. sexism. And what I wasn't expecting when I went out on my own was that I have felt more of a now on my own than I did before. And I don't know if it's just because, like, you know, men might look at a woman and think, like, oh, I don't have to pay her as much or... Oh, sure. Um, well, and you're an individual
0: woman as opposed to a, a giant company.
1: <laughs> yeah. and And, you know, it's subtle, some of the things that happen. So... You know, I tell my friends about some of them, and and women will be like, oh, yeah, totally. That's because you're a woman, and a guy will not have any clue what I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. It's really subtle, um, but those weren't things that I had experienced before, and that's been a really interesting thing for me to observe, and um, it's a challenge for me to not get emotional about it, actually.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that you um, have a whole program, so you not only are doing all of this Um, very corporate-facing stuff, but you also have an awesome program um, called the Professional Women's Talent Code. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Sure. Um, So I've developed this group coaching program actually out of some of the frustration of what I just talked about. I think that A lot of times women don't feel like they can speak up. They're frustrated in their careers or they're like moving so fast in their career and and so overwhelmed balancing career and family that they may not realize that they're not fulfilled or they're not in the best job for their natural talents. And Mm -hmm. so I've developed this six-week program that helps professional women earn the equal pay they want, eliminate those feelings of dread that they might have going to work each day, and help them get the promotion and the raise and the respect that they want, even if they're feeling burnt out or overwhelmed or underappreciated, trying to just balance career and family. And probably the most important piece of my program is that I really work closely with women to help them unlock their natural talents. So a lot of us have things that we're more naturally good at than other things. And a lot of times in our careers, we kind of just fall into a pattern and a rhythm and we might be doing things that fit with those natural talents, but sometimes we are, you know, leveraging our non-talents more than we should. Mm -hmm. And it's when you figure out what those talents are, that's when your job starts to become easier and your career really starts to take off because you don't have to put as much effort into your work um, if you're doing something that you're naturally good at. And so I'm really passionate about helping women find out, you know, what that natural talent is. Um, And then I have a bunch of other components of the program to kind of build on those natural talents to help them have the confidence and the presence that they need to really figure out what it is they want and go out and ask for it and make it happen.
0: Well, I want to talk with you more after we take a short break about your program, about your passion for mentorship. And um, for those of you who are listening, we are talking with Elena Lipson, the founder of Mosaic Growth Partners, and I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She is Fierce.
1: This is Letty Bozard from Bozard Ford Lincoln. We're proud to support She is Fierce. When women support each other, incredible things happen.
0: Welcome back. You are listening to the She is Fierce radio show presented by Bozard Ford Lincoln. I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She is Fierce and Lift, and we are talking to Elena Lipson, the founder of Mosaic Growth. And Elena, I want to talk a little bit about your um, podcast and some of the messages and insights that you've gotten as you've grown your own little media empire, <laughs> right? So you, your podcast features interviews, you have entrepreneurs, athletes, health professionals, um, and they all share their stories about their personal and professional growth, much like our show. And I really want to know, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned? You've had so many cool people on your show. You're talking to them about things that are sometimes very personal. What's the, the one thing that really stands out for you?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, so one question that I ask everybody on the show is how do you balance like your your personal life with your work life? And um, you know, some people give the standard answers which are fine, like I do yoga, I meditate mm-hmm. and things like that, but I've gotten a couple answers from people that are really successful and they've said things like, you know, the work life balance to me is a myth. Like If you're spending this much time at work, it is part of your life. And so you need to be doing something that you enjoy doing so that you don't feel like you need to escape from it all the time. Yeah, I love that. that Yeah, that was like a really big aha moment for me because it's true. Like if you're dreading what you're doing and just looking at work as something that you can do just to afford the rest of your life – That's not a great way to to go through life and to wake up each day knowing that you just have to get through like however many hours so you Mm. can get back to the things you really want to do. So it's made me think about, you know, if I should reframe that question or just, you know, it means different things to different people. But um, I liked that response a lot and it's something I've heard more than once from guests.
0: Yeah, and I know I'm sure that's something that you cover in your Professional Women's Talent Code. That's something that I love talking about that and how, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean, as we talked about before, it doesn't mean you have to quit your job and become an entrepreneur, but it does mean that you have to be really strategic about how you approach your career so that it's complementary to what you actually want to be doing with your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what um, a lot of people don't realize when they're working for other people is that you actually can say to your boss, um, you know, I've been working like crazy for the last X number of months and, like, I can't keep doing this. And a lot of times, if you really are putting forth that effort, they're going to be like, okay, what can we do to work with you? Because they don't want to lose you. And mm-hmm. I found that, that, like, when I've done that, I actually had someone say to me once, yeah, we were wondering how long, how much longer you were going to keep this up. Oh, my gosh. And, you're, yeah, you just put this, like, pressure on yourself a lot of times that, um, you know, if you could really, like, take some of the – your pedal off the gas sometimes and and slow down a little bit. You're not going to lose your job. Uh, People are still going to respect you at work, but it's really on you to set those boundaries for yourself. It's not likely that your boss is going to be like, I've noticed you've been working a lot. You know, we think you should slow down. It's not in the company's benefit. Yeah, their benefit to do that.
0: Well, and you know, so gosh, you have so many different things, Elena, that you're up to. But one of the things that I think is so cool that you're a part of is the um, Global Incubator and Seed Fund 1776. It helps startups transform industries in education, energy, sustainability, health, transportation, cities. You're all over the place. Um, I really want to just ask you, what has that experience been like? Because you have all this insight into how you've grown your own business, what your um almost the personal development that you're helping women with, but you're also behind the scenes helping big projects get off the ground. What kind of projects have you been supporting, and what has that experience
1: been like? Um, well I mostly mentor companies in the healthcare or the aging space through my work at seventeen seventy six Um It's been great. Like I get to see companies that are literally just a uh, concept on a piece of paper to things that you know are getting ready to launch in the market. Um, and then some of them become clients later on that actually are launched in the market. Oh, cool! Um, and it's just it's interesting to kind of see that passion that you know a founder has in the early stages and and takes them through you know building a whole company. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that have been interesting though is a, a lot of the same questions come up over and over again with the companies that I mentor. It's a lot of them is like. How do I get partners? How do I get customers? How do I do business development? Um, and a lot of times, I find that these companies are not really talking to their customers enough up front. So they're going out and just very concerned about how to build a solution without really figuring out who the user or customer is going to be and what the market is like in that space. Um, and so I try to provide a lot of mentorship there as well. And that's a lot of the work that I. I do with my clients um, because one of the things that I hate to see is to watch a company put a lot of money into hiring developers and building a whole solution and then having nobody that wants it because they're not really solving a problem for Mm. any particular user. And that's just like heartbreaking when you see that happen. And unfortunately, I do see that happen sometimes.
0: Well, okay. So you're a mentor within 1776. You're also a mentor in a bunch of other organizations um, and you are, through your business, mentoring women to find their talents. So clearly it's something that's really important to you, and it's something that I love to talk about, because obviously within She is Fierce, we have all these incredible women at all different levels, and mentorship is a really big part of it. But um, I've said this before on the show, and I've said this to many people. I used to kind of think mentorship was just like a big fallacy, and really there, you know, there wasn't anybody who was willing to go out of their way to specifically focus on helping you with no um, end game, right? And what I've discovered through growing She is Fierce is that there are so many people out there who are willing to do that just out of the kindness of their hearts, but that it's difficult to find them if you're not actively looking, right? So how do you, within the context of the organizations that you're in, or even with the women that you coach, how do you help them get to a place of comfort, either with just asking you for help? and, you know, trusting your advice or, you know, being willing to go out there into the world and ask other people?
1: That's a really good question. I don't know if, unless you're innately comfortable asking people for help, I don't know if like you get comfortable unless you just ask a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, a lot of what I do is business development. And so I have to just ask people for things all the time. And um, I'm over the fact like I'm over getting rejected. I don't. Yeah. Think it doesn't bother me anymore. But like I wasn't like that originally. I remember being at Deloitte, and um, I was so fortunate to have a couple really amazing mentors there. Um, and a lot of them, the majority of them, were men. So I remember somebody wanting to help me find a female mentor, and they kind of tried to arrange it. And honestly, came out. It turned out really awkward because mm. we just didn't. The, she was a wonderful person. and We just didn't gel, and it wasn't really a natural awkward fit. To try to say like will you
0: be my mentor to like a complete stranger? Yeah. And to be honest, that's why I think for, for years, you know, many years ago now, but I really did think that's what mentorship is and that it's just this kind of false thing. But now, you know, as you've experienced, I've just have met so many amazing women who've gone out of their way to do incredible things to help me grow um, this organization. And it, and it certainly seems like you are serving that role for a bunch of people.
1: Yeah. I, I love mentoring. It's probably like my favorite thing to do. And the people that I like to help the most are the ones that I feel like really care about what they're doing and earnestly want to make whatever they're doing work better and be more successful and that are going to really want to hear my feedback because, you know, I'm probably not for everyone. I can be really direct mm-hmm. and, and so I'm going to tell you, you know, what I really think and it might not always be what you want to hear, yeah. but, um, And that's not the right style for everyone, and that's something you have to think about, too, when you're looking for a mentor. You know, it has to be the right personality fit and the right – it just has to feel right. And so, like, I can fully say I am not the mentor for everyone, but (laughs) for the people that really want honest, direct feedback, like, I'm going to give it to you. And I like helping people, you know, that are open to that. Like, nobody wants to spend their time mentoring someone that isn't going to – is going to ignore every single thing they say, you know, or they're just doing it to check a box. But I really want to help people that um, just, you know, might not have expertise in a certain area that I do. And, you know, I want to spend my time creating value for other people. And so um, I think you should never be afraid to reach out to someone to just say, can I set up 30 minutes? I saw you have some expertise in this area and I thought I could really learn from you. I mean, I do that now, um, for people just in industry that I'm not trying to form necessarily mm-hmm. a mentor mentee relationship but people are really willing to help and share their expertise especially if initially you don't ask for a lot of time
0: yeah it's such great advice and I love you know touching on what you said earlier I love that you are really saying be willing to ask but also just be okay with the fact that somebody's going to say no to you
1: Hmm. yeah and they might and that's okay like you know People Nothing changes. And, <laughs> yeah, you just go ask another person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So, you know, you're an awesome mentor. You've shared a little bit about how you had some male mentors in the past that have been really helpful. In the beginning of the show, you talked about um, a female mentor who'd helped you. Is there one, you know, personal experience that you've had that really led you to get so involved and to to kind of take that on as something that's very important in your professional
1: career? Um, I think really it's happened recently. Like I've always mentored people, but I've never thought about it along gender lines until recently when I've just felt like a lot of strange things have happened <laughs> in the mm-hmm. last year since I've been off on my own. Like I went to a networking event recently where, you know, it was pretty small and there was only one other woman. And, um, you know, a man actually came up to me there, interrupted a conversation that I was having threw his business card in my face and said he would teach me how to network. And I was just kind of like... I'm rolling my eyes over here. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm almost 40 years old. I work in business development. You just interrupted my conversation. Maybe you're the one that needs to learn how to network. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, that's just one small example. But, like, I I just see these subtle things of women not being treated fairly in some situations. And I want to help however I can to help women handle those situations and try to create environments where there's not really room for men to do those types of things. It's not that it's ever a woman's fault that someone does that, but mm-hmm. there are things you can do to try to avoid those situations oh, sure. to some extent. And so, you know, I was able to very successfully navigate those environments in the corporate world. And so I was just thinking about, um, you know, wanting to share that knowledge and give back. And I had so many people that helped really bring me out of my shell and figure out what I was good at, that I decided, you know, I want to help women do that too. And I've learned a lot in 15 years working for other people. And so I'm really excited to be able to bring that knowledge to other women. Well,
0: um, Elena, thank you so much. When we are back, I want to ask you some more about – you know, just your personal advice and some some deeper questions. But um, for those of you who are listening, we'll be back in just a minute. I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She Is Fierce, and we're talking with Elena Lipson, the founder of Mosaic Growth Partners and the Professional Women's Talent Code.
1: This is Letty from Bozart Ford Lincoln. Remember, in the end, we only regret the chances we didn't take. So take your leap. <laughs>
0: Welcome back. You're listening to the She is Fierce radio show presented by Bozard Ford Lincoln. I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She is Fierce and Lyft. And we're talking with Elena Lipson, the founder of Mosaic Growth Partners. So, Elena, you are running a great business. You've created a, a personal brand. You have an awesome podcast. You're building your own media empire. What is the best part of the life that you're living now as opposed to, you know, what we talked about in the beginning of the show? You're starting out. You're feeling like your health isn't where you want it to be. Your career isn't where you want it to be. And now you, it seems, objectively, like you've got all these great pieces. What's the best thing that you're living with right now?
1: Um, well, thank you. I am just really happy. Um, and I think a lot of that is because I have this freedom that I didn't have before. I'm not having to conform to a workplace culture that might not be like naturally who I am, I to some degree I can work with clients that I really like and enjoy, um, and don't have to work with people that I don't want to work with. Um, and I get to choose the work that I do and pick work that, for me, is mission-driven and that I feel like really matters. And I can work from anywhere most of the time, which is great. So. Um, I just love the freedom that, you know, if I want to go to a class and work out at noon, I can do that and it really doesn't throw my work off at all because I can work, you know, any other time during the day. And I didn't realize that that was something that I was looking for, but I think that um, really created a lot of balance and happiness for me.
0: Yeah. And now you also took back control of your health, right? So I, I hear this all the time from people that I know, this is very different from what you did, but who work in the health industry as nurses and doctors who say, oh, I have no control over my own health. And I know even as I've been growing She is Fierce and having two young kids, I'm like, that's the one thing that I always put on the back burner. So how did you capture, um, you know, a greater sense of health while you're in the middle of building a business?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I think when I was working for other people, you wouldn't look at me on the outside and say, like, oh, she doesn't take care of herself. Yeah, it looked like I was holding it together, <laughs> but um, in reality, I was, like, getting no sleep. I was, like, drinking a lot just because I was so stressed, and mm. so it was, like, a release for me to escape from everything. Um, and I was, you know, not eating healthy because I just didn't have time to plan meals. And so, you know, one of the things I did is I work with a nutritionist now that I see pretty regularly. Her name is Katherine Talmadge. She's awesome, and um, so she's helped me kind of figure out how I can eat in a way that is easy for me but allows me to, like, still be healthy. Um, I have tried out all sorts of different workout places from, like, SoulCycle to joining just an outdoor swimming pool to yoga to joining Equinox and just tried to figure out what worked for me and my schedule. And then I think the biggest thing is I have totally changed the way I look at sleep. So I make sure I get seven to eight hours of sleep per night and it is such a game changer. Like mm. things that would stress me out just don't because I'm like well rested so I can handle things. And yeah. um, people tend to look at like, oh, I pulled an all nighter as like a badge of honor that they work so hard. And I think it's just um, really stupid, <laughs> frankly, <Yeah. laughs> to, to do that if you can avoid it because you're just, you're making yourself not operate um, at your best capacity. And then, the last thing is about six months ago, I just decided to stop drinking um but it wasn't I didn't have a problem or anything, but I realized you know the older you get, the recovery gets <laughs> a little mm-hmm. tougher, and it was stressing me out. <laughs> We're um, laughing here in the studio, of, <laughs> yeah, you know it's stressing me out to kind of lose that productive time um and so now I found that actually that's really improved my quality of life that I can be a lot more social because there's no like downtime afterwards, yeah and so that was probably the last thing that I did to really focus on just being healthier. And and I'm not saying, you know, y'all need to give up drinking and (laughs) sleep all the time, but you're just figuring out. I'm sure it would probably be be better for for many of us. No, I love that. (laughs) And I
0: love that you, you know, you have some really strategic things that you did. You took control in a very clear way instead of, I think what happens, you know, for many of us um, and even just at different periods of our life, we're like, yes, I'm going to get healthy, but we don't, sit down and think, okay, what are the different steps I need to take? So I love that as you're building your your new business and you're creating all of these new opportunities for yourself in the professional space, you're also thinking very strategically about your health. So I think that's awesome. Um, but Please, I want to ask you... one thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Can I add one thing? Of course. So um, I want to be clear that this has all happened over the last two years and it was like in stages. So I didn't wake up one day and do all these things at once. And if you try to do that probably not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Very good point. bite
0: chunks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's such a great point. And I think that's true for our our professional careers as, as well, isn't it? You know, it's hard. Yeah. And actually, that leads right into my next question for you. Um, because I think what sometimes is difficult is when we have amazing women like you on our podcast or, um, you know, incredible speakers that speak at our events and they, they're speaking from a place of success, right? So there are people who have created a level of success professionally or personally And a lot of times, even when as observers, we hear the story and we know that it was a challenge and we know that they had to go through failures and they had to, just as you just talked about, you know, find a way to take back control to get to that place. I think one of the biggest challenges that um, those maybe who are listening or people who are in our audiences might think. Wonderful that you did it. I'm happy for you, but I have this and this and this and this that make it impossible for me to ever get there. So, what advice do you have for those who are listening who are like, you know, what? I have these big dreams. I want to, you know, regain control of my health. I want to become an entrepreneur, but I have all of these different barriers in my way.
1: Well, I think um, the biggest barrier is really your mindset. So, one, I would say to like try to turn that thinking off as much as you can, you don't have to look at it like you have to go from like where you are to, you know, Olympic status, mm-hmm. I think just pick a small thing. So if it's like you want to um, sleep more and you're only getting like five hours of sleep a night, try to go to bed an hour early for a week and, and just start with that, you know, just picking like a small goal. Cause if you pick things that are too big of a stretch and you set yourself up to fail you're just going to feel frustrated and so it's really important to set small achievable goals and, and make small changes and build on them over time and be kind to yourself like i have a nutritionist but you know i had a hershey bar last night like mm-hmm. i don't i'm not like rigid about everything and each day is a new day so even if you think maybe you messed up or you didn't do what you should have done like the day before you have an opportunity the next day to start over
0: I love that advice and I want to ask you before we go as our very last question, what you want to say to the many women who are listening and just what's that piece of advice that you always wish you could share with other women that maybe, you know, sometimes we're polite and we don't say it or we don't feel it's appropriate. What's that thing that you just wish other women knew?
1: I would say ask for forgiveness, not for permission. I Um, I think we're all afraid to kind of get in trouble or you know, upset someone and, you know, you're never going to change anything if you just stay in your current situation. And so I think in order to create the change that you want in your life, you just have to go for it and actually do it, not just think about it.
0: Well, I love it. I love your advice. I love your story, Elena. I'm so excited to have you as a part of the She is Fierce community. Um, And those of you who are listening, you can check out Elena's work at MosaicGrowth.com. You can subscribe to her Boost podcast on iTunes for inspiration. And Elena, can you share the link to the Professional Women's Talent Code?
1: Yeah, sure. So if you're interested in applying to my program and speaking with me, just go to MosaicGrowth.com forward slash apply.
0: Perfect. And then, um, you know, Elena has also created a Lift You and a She is Fierce membership bundle all about how to get what you deserve. And you can connect with her as a member by going to sheisfiercehq.com forward slash join. You can learn more about the She is Fierce membership community and join women around the world who are up-leveling their lives as a part of our membership right now. Thank you again,
1: Elena. Thanks, Kelly.